Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, attorney Kim Hegwood of Your Legacy Legal Care and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Welcome to Life Happens with me, Kim Hegwood, and our very special guest today is Arthur Liz O'Donnell. Good morning. Good morning, Kim. And um, and so we're going to actually be talking a, a lot about your book. Um, and your second book is Working Daughter, A Guide to Caring for Your Aged Parents While Earning a Living. And, um, and so I'm like, I was taking care of aging grandparents while earning a living. So this will be interesting to hear your thoughts. And, and I'll tell you the struggles I went through. Great. So, uh, but I'm super glad to have you on the show. And um, and so, so your book just came out, right, in paperback. I'm super excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was originally published in 2019. And um, I'm thrilled that it is available in paperback because it was originally published as a hardcover. And this just makes it more accessible to people. Absolutely. And so I like a good paperback, you know, so just easier to, to maneuver. Put it out, right? Yeah. So why did you write the book? I wrote the book because um, back in 2014, both of my parents were diagnosed with terminal illnesses on the same day. I went, oh. yeah, kind of crazy. I went from one hospital where I was told my dad had um, Alzheimer's and I needed to find a memory care because he was no longer able to live on his, you know, at home. And uh, before I even left the parking lot of that hospital, I got a call from another hospital. My mom had been transferred there a few days before with stomach pains and they told me it was stage four ovarian cancer. So all of a sudden, you know, I went from feeling like a stressed out, busy working mother who was starting the, what I call the caregiving creep, you know, when we start to take on more and more uh, tasks for our aging relatives, but we don't really notice that um, we've taken on a whole new role. And all of a sudden I was thrust into the caregiver crisis, which is another common entry point into caregiving, especially elder care. And um, all of a sudden, you know, I hadn't, I had not made any space for this and I had to show up for work every day. I was the breadwinner in our family. And it was one of the most difficult aspects of caregiving for me was trying to stay employed. And when I, you know, would wake up at two in the morning and I'd Google, you know, for help, nobody was talking about work and care. So back in 20, and now they are, but back in 2014, it wasn't a discussion. Well, I'm sorry, because mine occurred between 2004, 2006. I could have saved you a lot of heartache and hassle about it. Looked in. And so it's like, oh, goodness. Yeah. And, um, and so mine was a little easier because my grandfather was still in good shape when my grandmother really started to decline. And, um, and so, so, you know, I could do things. And, you know, initially it wasn't too terribly bad. Uh, and then he had his first stroke. And so after that, it was like, now we've got two of them. Wow. <laughs> so I, I can appreciate the, and, and I was blessed in, uh, and I'll give a shout out to, to Phoebe. Uh, everybody should have a Phoebe in their life. Um, she was my grandparents' daytime caregiver, probably for two and a half, maybe, yeah, about two and a half years. And so she's like part of the family still today. And so I can relate. My book is dedicated to a woman named Bev who was uh, my mother's hospice nurse, who made such an impact on my life, even though we only worked together for weeks. Yeah, it's amazing how, how people can come into your life and make such a difference, mm -hmm. you know, even for a short period of time, you know. Yeah. So, but I'm a firm believer that God puts things in your path as you need them. 
And so, so I feel very blessed, you know, that, um, that it was just by the grace of God that, um, you know, Phoebe, you know, fell into our lap. So I'm always, you know, grateful for that. But we do have a lot of clients that are struggling, you know, to balance work and, you know, caring for agent parents, you know, so, so what's the best advice that you can give them? The best advice is plan as much as you can. You know, when it comes to aging, when it comes to illness, we have very little control over those things. So control what you can control. And I recognize that my advice, my book is designed to um, tell the people who are caring for aging parents, the working daughters and sons, what they can be doing better. Now, I wish that um, the businesses that employ them, the people we elect in Washington were doing more, but until they do, right? Um, we can control what we can control, which is only ourselves. So I would say expect that you will be a caregiver if you're not already. Um, and even if you're in the throes of it, whether you're in the middle of the creep or the crisis, there's still things you can do um, to be organized and to control. So having the on the caregiving side, right, having the consulting um, attorneys and financial planners and knowing what your options are, um, the, the money I spent with an elder law attorney was probably the best money I spent. And I, you know, and it was at a time when I was spending a lot of money because all of a sudden I had to move both of my parents. I needed to find, I, I hadn't had any conversations with them about finances or wills or bills. And um, I, I didn't even have time to sit down and figure out what their financial picture looked like to sit down with my husband and say, what's our financial, you know, impact going to be and what are we willing and capable of doing if need be. I just was writing checks. And so I was scared about the value of those checks and how long they would last. But the conversations I had with an elder law attorney were some of the best to help me get organized, to help me access um, my father's veterans benefits, which I had been thinking about for a long time. But the the paperwork's like this big on the, you know, and um, working with an elder law attorney was like, became like this big. So um, that was a huge help. You know, knowing if you are power of attorney or who is power of attorney and getting that in place, um, knowing who is or if you are healthcare proxy, going through with your parents, if possible, you know, if they're still in a place where you can do this, um, what their end of life wishes are, what their intensive care wishes are. Um, there are forms now, you know, we used to talk about DNR and don't DN, you know, do not resuscitate or not, but it's much more complex now in a good way. Now we can really sit down with people and understand, would you want, you know, artificial feeding? Would you want help breathing? Would you, you know, what kind of interventions would you want? Um, and not to despair if you've passed that point and you didn't do this. In that case, um, what I tell people to prepare is just understand that you're the expert when it comes to the person you're caring for. The lawyers, the medical professional, they're the experts in their roles and listen to them in that capacity, but listen to yourself and trust yourself in your capacity as the family member and as the caregiver. So I know the question was about work, but the more we can prepare, you know, those pieces around medical, financial, uh, legal, on the caregiving side, then the better we are equipped to go to work every day. One of the hardest things, and I just had a conversation with another working daughter last night about going to work when you're in a caregiving role, isn't necessarily the time and the flexibility, although that's a huge challenge for many. It's having your head in the game. It's caring about your job. When you are truly in a life or death situation, you know, it becomes very challenging to care and to operate at the same level that you did. Uh, maybe before the crisis or the caregiving happened. 
So as much as we can do to be organized outside of work on the caregiving front, the easier it is for us to focus at work and maintain our jobs if possible. I was very lucky uh, in the sense of I've been self-employed practically my whole life. And um, so I was, I had very much control over my calendar. Yeah. You know, as far as, you know, when I was in court, when I wasn't in court, what I needed to do, things like that, you know, because back then I was litigating still. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was running back and forth through multiple, you know, courthouses, sometimes in the same day. Um, so it was, um, it, it's very challenging. So I, I understand that. Yeah. yeah. So, and if I can I, just, sorry, Kim, if I can just add on that front, um, sure. you know, also consult your, um, you know, your employee books, you know, handbooks and um, your insurance um, companies, portals and figure out, you know, what are the flexible options? What, you know, because not, not everyone is self-employed and doesn't feel they have that control. So what are the leave options? One of the things I hear too often is just use FMLA, Family you know, Medical Leave Act. Well, majority of workers in the United States aren't eligible for FMLA. So you really need to understand you know, what kind of flex you may have. Yeah. We're lucky here in my office, you know, because all of us could work from home if we needed to. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's helpful for, you know, because I've, I've had employees that have had you know, that have struggled, you know, trying to take care of, you know, parents, you know, and things like that. Sometimes just children, you know, so. Exactly. And there's both at the same time. Yeah, I've been there, done that. So, and uh, most definitely. So, um, so do you recommend that working women talk to their, about their bosses about the challenges that they're facing? And I'm, I'm asking that because I, I was on one of my listservs and, um, or somewhere, and I was reading, you know, to where women are less likely to do that mm-hmm. um, because they worry about, you know, hitting that, I guess, that glass ceiling. You know, you can't can't get promoted or your job's in jeopardy because you might have to be doing, you know, multi, you know, work and then trying to take care of parents. What do you recommend? Yeah, my my answer is a very helpful. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I say that, <laughs> um, ideally, I think, you know, we want to be in a situation where we can reveal what's going on to work um, because the motto I've always operated by as an employee was, you know, never surprise the boss. <laughs> never want to surprise the boss. So um, as much as you can let somebody know, hey, I'm on high alert so they can start to plan around um, the fact that you might run out the door, you might get a phone call, um, I think is, you know, the best way to operate. And of course, as an advocate for caregivers and supporting caregivers at work, I think the more we have these conversations at work, the better for everybody. But the it depends is because not every workplace is um, caregiver friendly. And exactly what you just said, women are concerned about, um, will this, you know, put them on a track, you know, it's not the mommy track, but there maybe there's a daughter track. Um, And actually, I've seen research that there is a daughter track. So uh, and if as women, you know, we maybe we were on the mommy track, maybe we are being paid less on the dollar compared to men just because we're women. Um, you know, maybe we've hit these glass ceilings all along and we need to save for our own retirements. Techni- you know, um, generally speaking, we're going to live longer than men. So, uh, you know, we need to we need to protect those um, benefits and retirement funds and salaries as best we can. So understanding and getting a sense of, you know, what you think is safe in your own workplace, that's the reason I don't 
come out with a blank yes, tell your boss or tell your workplace because you know every woman I think needs to and and son too needs to assess for themselves um, if they feel like it's a safe thing to reveal at work. Again, ideally it is. And so, how do we assess that? I think uh, you know you can pick up cues in the workplace from from managers and leaders, you know, if uh, you can see what they're modeling around their own families. I think one of the things that the pandemic showed us and um, everybody all of a sudden working from home and being on Zoom and, you know, being up front and in each other's homes is that everybody has a life. And as silly as that sounds, I don't think the workplace operated like that prior to 2020. You know, they thought that lives were just something you left at the door when you walked into the office. And so um, you can now pick up better cues. Are people balancing? Are they um, making statements? And are their actions, you know, supporting those statements or not about, you know, being a work, a family friendly environment. And so assess for yourself if you feel safe making that decision. Ideally, the answer is yes. So how has working from home impacted the caregiver who's still trying to earn a living? Well, in a number of ways, I think the challenging ways are um, many people I know in my community, in the working daughter community specifically, brought parents home and took them out of facilities because they were worried about lockdown and isolation and they moved parents into their homes. And so now they're hands-on caregivers. And, um, you know, all of the challenges that come with that. And, you know, you can, I, I was one of those fools who during the pandemic adopted a pandemic puppy. You know, there was a, there was a boon in pet adoptions. I have two children and I was a working mother through their whole, you know, elementary and kindergarten years and high school years. I found being a pet owner and working from home so much more challenging because that little puppy was chewing my desk and barking during Zoom calls. So, um, and I don't mean to compare our families to our pets, but everybody understands, I think, to some degree, the challenges of working from home and the distractions, whether it's the laundry buzzing, the kids playing, getting the kids on the Zoom calls during COVID, the puppy barking, or the parent, you know, with dementia who needs help in the other room or you're concerned with what they're doing. So, I think it's really important that um, employees understand that when we're working from home, the data is there. People are being more productive, not to worry that people are, you know, um, eating bonbons and watching Netflix all day. They're, the productivity numbers show that people are doing it, but it's also a challenge. It means there's no break between work and home. You know, sometimes we have another saying in the working daughter community we used to. TGIM. Thank God it's Monday where we could go back to work and out of the home because in the office or the workplace, we felt like we knew what we were doing. Um, so those barriers aren't there anymore. I think the good news is, again, now everybody, I think, understands that people, you know, whether it's pets, parents, kids, whatever it might be, we all have lives that we're balancing. And there's more, I think, understanding around that. Um, and Sometimes not having to commute, having that flexibility, uh, being able to you know make somebody lunch in between Zoom calls or meetings is huge, absolutely huge. So, what kind of resources do you offer for working caregivers? So, we offer a number of things. So, um, the book, of course, is written um, in ten different chapters. Each one is an action verb um, designed to help working daughters understand, you know, what steps starting with number one, which is accept the situation you're in. Uh, there's research that shows that uh, caregivers who come from this from a, 
from the perspective of accepting the role as opposed to feeling forced into the role, have a much better experience and outcome. Um, and ultimately, you know, it really is a choice. I know that that's a controversial statement sometimes among the members of my community. You think I chose this to happen, Liz? No, I don't think you chose the circumstances, but you, you're showing up. And I think it's important that we recognize that because we need to give ourselves some credit, you know, for everything that we're taking on. We, I mean, technically we could run away screaming, right? But, but these are working daughters and sons who don't, they're showing up. And I think it's important to acknowledge that all the way through plan, through manage yourself at work, you know, so the 10 steps and so the book. And so as we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, it's now available in paperwork, which makes it you know, somewhat more accessible, but it's also available in almost every library across the country. So that's one resource, of course. Um, the website has thousands of articles on um, caregiving advice, career and caregiving advice, some lifestyle advice as well. So that's another um, benefit. The private Facebook community that we run has oh, probably about 8,000 people in it. And that's where the real magic happens, where people can 24 seven connect with each other and every, they do everything from vent, you know, like I can't take the TV volume being on 70, you know, for another minute. And sometimes we just need a place to vent and, and be with people who get it and understand two practical questions. Like what's the best, um, you know, rollator that doesn't get stuck on the rug, or does anybody have, you know, a recommendation for a good, you know, fall and call button. Um, and, you know, so support, advice, venting, that's where the real magic happens, I would say is in the Facebook group. And then we have a membership program. So for um, people who want to go deeper than the Facebook group or the website who want access to um, unlimited monthly coaching calls, um, videos and resource guides on things like dementia, on balancing work, on caregiving through the holidays, on what the heck is the difference between palliative care and hospice care anyway? You know, can someone finally break it down? Someone the other day said, can someone break this down for me like I'm five years old? Because, you know, even the medical profession hasn't done a good job of explaining the difference. So um, the members have a portal, they have discounts, kind of like in, um, AAA, you know, you have discounts on all kinds of products and services um, that you might find useful during your caregiving years and then access to unlimited coaching. So there's the membership site. And then we work with employees. So um, employees can also sign up their employees for membership. You know, a lot of employees aren't doing a good job right now of supporting their working caregivers. So we say to them, let us do it for you. Sign them up for our membership. We can put a firewall around your employees if you know if you want, or we can bring them into the general group where they have the wisdom of you know tens of thousands of other caregivers. And then, um, not so much related to supporting caregivers directly at work, but um, raising awareness for and changing um, attitudes around the support um, caregivers are getting at work. Last year, we launched our first list of best companies to work for, for working daughters. And we'll be rolling that out again soon for 2023. And that was really encouraging because um, while naively, I thought we would publish a list of hundred companies that are doing great things, we published a list of 10. And while that wasn't as you know many companies that I was hoping would be able to showcase great benefits for, um, working daughters and sons, what happened was many, many companies wrote to us and said, whoa, we're not ready to apply for this yet. 
but our goal is to be ready in the next year or two years. So um, certainly we're making a difference in that way. Perfect. And so, so, so what's the website? So the website is workingdaughter.com. Um, I keep everything easy. The book, the Facebook group, the website are all working daughters. So workingdaughter.com will take you to everything that I just mentioned. And, so, and they can email you as well. Is that correct? Yes. Is it workingdaughter.com? Yep. Perfect. And so this is great stuff. And I so appreciate you being on the show today. And um, so, cause we have a lot of clients that are still trying to work and take care of parents. So mm -hmm. this is really, really helpful. Thank you, Kim. I appreciate any attention on this topic. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcasts as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.